You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No I've seen talk on the internet of people seeking how to conjure succubus. Oh my gosh, that's thirsty, bro. <laughs> Every day. We stray far further from God's life. Honestly, dude. God damn you, man. Okay, Don't you ask know. me how I know. <laughs> Welcome to 3 a.m. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience, the validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. I uh, bought tickets to Hawaii. Hey! Um... Good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm taking my girlfriend home for the first time, which will be fun. I mean, we've been dating for over a year, so oh, yeah. it's about time I take her home. In Utah, that's like 37 years. Yeah. <laughs> In Utah years. <laughs> yeah. um, Utahns get married super quick. Like we're talking days. Yeah. Let, me just, let me just give you an example. My parents met in Provo, Utah, and were engaged 10 days later. <sighs> That's that's not surprising, and that tells you about Utah. It's about a like, bing, about a bank, dude. Yeah, <laughs> it also runs in the family. My older brother got engaged like a week after meeting his wife, and then so, you got. Bro, I'm the black sheep, oh. <laughs> and you, I'm the one that doesn't got, trust anyone with my Wi-Fi password for at least a month. Ghosted yeah. and exed. Sean barely lets me use his Netflix. Yeah, like, what you I'm using still, my Netflix for, bro? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude. <laughs> Just trying to watch that, you know, office, bro. <laughs> Guys, everyone out there, thank you so much for listening. We want to say we love you all. Every day, new and fun things are happening, like new patrons, new messages from people. And we just want to say we hope everyone out there is safe and doing well, having a good holiday season. Yeah, agreed. So in the holiday season, I'm going to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And... <laughs> Bring my girlfriend to meet the family, and she's so nervous about meeting certain people. Why is she nervous, DJ? <laughs> well, let's just say that she's starting to go back and tan, <laughs> going back to the salon to tan. Let me let me let's just say, racism can go both ways: brown to white, white to brown. <laughs> and DJ has or some brown some to red. Fun, uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> DJ has some. Very so, proud Hawaiian relatives. Yeah, they love being Hawaiian, and that's great. So do <laughs> I. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Been teaching her like some pigeon English, and oh, nice. Not, but <laughs> what was 
what did we talk about? We should rewrite the the Bible on pigeon. There is a there is Come a hole in my body. <laughs> there is a whole Bible in pigeon. It's called the Jesus Book. <laughs> Bro, we need to buy it. Yeah, it's good. It's a good one. I read that every day. <laughs> that's cool. I'm excited you're going to Hawaii. Yeah, that's it. Cool. I just want to share the That'd tanning bit. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> cool. Did you hear about the? This is like a month late. No worries. <laughs> did you hear about the brain-eating disease in Texas? Did y'all hear about cor- this thing called Corona? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I'm like, I think a month late. <laughs> Guys, something's happening in Wuhan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> something's a bubbling. <laughs> no, I didn't. There's a brain-eating disease in Texas. It's in the water system. Effing yeah. hell. Yeah. yeah. Damn so, you, Texas. Why? I don't know. It's in Houston, I think, but everyone's buying bottled water um, just to stock up Was so it, they don't get this brain-eating disease. So someone got it, and they were like, okay, like this how is, did they find out? This is the extent of my knowledge of this, the headline. <laughs> there is a brain-eating disease. Yeah. <laughs> my only experience with this is, and I think I've talked about it before, there was a brain-eating disease in Hawaii in one of – it's called the Alawai Canal. It's in Waikiki. Ah. So if you're like – Waikiki is like a big, long strip. It's like the ocean, the beach, the main Kalakaua Avenue, and then all the high-rise hotels and some apartments for like two or three blocks. And then there's a big canal that runs behind all of that. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of dirty, kind of ugly. <laughs> a lot of paddlers – practice there like long really straight canoe paddlers paddlers. okay but when i was in high school i think there like the sewage pipeline broke and spilt into the alawai canal so thousands hundreds of thousands of gallons of polynesian fecal matter (laughs) the thickest yeah (laughs) yeah dude straight black tar (laughs) the heart of tifiti if you will the shard of tifiti yeah (laughs) spills into this canal and uh yeah it infected it infected the waters there and they had to like put barriers all around um there was a man who got into a fight uh, like outside of a bar that's like by the Alawai Canal when that happened. And one of the the dude he was fighting pushed him into the Alawai Canal. Attempted murder. <laughs> the dude died within <gasps> hours. Like his whole body swelled up like oh. two times. Like, Violet, you're turning Violet, Violet. <laughs> <laughs> Soleil, you're From turning tr- Soleil, Soleil. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, it was terrible. It's terrible. They found some new species after that. After they cleaned it out, they found like these translucent crawfish with like you know like a you know like the the colored uh, IMAX <laughs> where you could see the, all the insides, yeah. yeah, all the colored wiring. That's basically what it was. Ugh. Like it mutated a bunch of different like animals in the canal. I don't know about new species as like abominations. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they found. Like cursed species. Yeah. yeah. Real life cursed images. Yeah. <laughs> That's like uh like villains, but on a animal level. Yeah. You know? I bet all the other like prawns were like, damn, what, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Ricky evil now. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrifying. I bet you could order that at like big lobster now. Red lobster. Red lobster. <laughs> 
clear lobster. Yeah. <laughs> Evil shrimp. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm like racking my brain trying to think of anything that kind of relates to that, but I kind of got nothing other than the flesh eating disease in the, in the Utah Lake. Mm. It's like where Provo sits and where Orem is and stuff in Utah, there's this really big lake right by it. And it would be dope if it wasn't like the worst lake in the world. <laughs> <laughs> like it would be a really cool lake town. You know what I mean? If everyone, if it was like clean and nice. Yeah. It would be it's not. super beautiful if it wasn't ugly. ugly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I uh, was uh, thinking of different ideas for, because my girlfriend and I hit a year a little over a month ago. And one of the things that I found was uh, you can rent a sailboat. They teach you how to use it for like a half an hour and then they let you use it for the day. Yeah. For like a hundred bucks. Oh, like, oh, that's a that's a great deal. You have to stick your hand in and feel the current. Yeah. And then we went and looked at the lake and kind of hung out there one night. We had like a little bonfire. And dude, it's just not <laughs> worth it. <laughs> no, it's they could have given me that sailboat for free. <laughs> I would not have taken it. Dude, the last person I know that went swimming in the Utah Lake was was Jordan, dude. I could explain a whole lot. <laughs> it was pretty recent though. So yeah. we had Jordan's someone, the villain. We had <laughs> someone who's like younger sibling worked there and we we're talking to them about it because we wanted to go like paddle boarding and stuff. And they were like, oh no, it's close because uh, there's a flesh eating algae in it. Yep. The red algae or something. Yeah. What the hell? It sucks because, well, one, here's the thing. The lake is not deep. The deepest part of the lake is like 10 feet. And that's only in like one little part. (laughs) The rest of it is like waist high, you know? So you can't even do a lot of different things there. But if the lake was similar to like a Tahoe, dude, this entire valley would skyrocket. I know. It'd be crazy. So that's where my taxpayers' dollars are going. It wouldn't suck if it didn't suck. Yeah. (laughs) Last night, I watched The Japanese Grudge. Ooh. It's the only grudge I've ever watched. You know how I've never watched horror movies yeah. until like a few years ago? Or like 80% of real movies? <laughs> what are you talking about? You're like, I've never seen The Sandlot. It's yeah. like, what? That's like... Yeah, I've never seen The American Sandlot. American staple, bro. That's not 80%. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> but in our group, you're definitely one who's like the least versed in movies. But it's weird because there's a lot of movies that I've watched. That's it's true. just like not a lot of main like mainstay movies. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, it's creepy, dude. It's it's the Japanese version, so there's subtitles, but it's not dialogue heavy. Like the story isn't told by the by what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you're shown the whole story. Yeah. And it's like so much tension. Ooh. The whole movie, there's so much tension, like edge of your seat. It's fun. Nice. Super fun. I was going to say, would you suggest people watching it? Yeah, it is. For me, I was a little confused on the timeline because what they do is they show like the perspective of each person involved. Mm. And so it's like you start back. It's non-linear. Yeah. So it's kind of confusing. And, you know, they all look the same. So (laughs) (laughs) all of you look the same. Like, wait, what is Saki doing? (laughs) Is he female now? What was that? Pikachu? (laughs) Raichu? Hilarious. I'm Chinese. (laughs) i just want to put that out there (laughs) that's funny dude for the first time in five years i'm getting a brand new phone oh i'm never super hyped when the new phone or iphone comes out but at this point it's like 
I have 50% battery yeah. all the time. <laughs> Everyone gets on me because my phone's constantly dying. But at DJ's the same like, time, let me send this text. Oh, my phone's dead. <laughs> Everyone's like, mid text. I just watched it go from 80% to zero. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's, that's been my life the past two years. Oh, my battery. But you so get now off that. Like, yeah, but because I'm not hyped, I don't know. It feels like I'm buying tires. It's like a necessary purchase, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Dude, you're going to be stoked. I hope so. I upgraded from a 6 to an 11. So I like basically doubled. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> my life was gross. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. I'm on the same path. I'm going from 7 to 12. So, <gasps> Dude, that's money. We'll see. Nice. Um, Apple products, conspiracy theory corner. Every year around October when they announce all their new stuff, I swear on my life. All my shit starts going haywire. You guys experience that at all? Yeah. My All of a sudden, I woke up. My AirPods were working perfectly the day before. And then they were like, cannot connect. Also, they die in 20 minutes now. Yeah. Like, Only what? one side works, Dang, but bro. it's sporadic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Dude. Uh, or like my Mac was like stuttering and like, I'm like, what's happening? Yeah. It's crazy how much they're like through their product development trying to like push the envelope and change, like just make advances mm. in technology. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like how they're not doing the cord with this phone. Ugh. But I think the next iPhone will be cordless. Yeah. You just set it on stuff to charge. Yeah. yeah it makes sense. Like slow, like same with the aux cord. Mm. You know, they took that out and then they came out with AirPods. It's like they're encouraging painful growing pains. To speed up the process. Everyone complains at first, but in the long run, it's like, oh, less cords. Less wire. Like, when's the last time you saw somebody complain about their tangled headphones? Sean. Yeah, I still have Like every time headphones. at the gym? Oh, huh. well then. <laughs> Do I have a solution Are for you? Are we surprised? You? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, bro. I'm the low tech of this crew. <laughs> <laughs> no. Are you guys, uh, do you have like a high emphasis on technology and gadgets in your life? Like convenience or does it not play a part? It doesn't play a part for me besides my phone, which is like a seven, I think. <laughs> it's funny. As convenient Whatever. as technology can be, the efforts through going through setting up and making sure <laughs> the technology is available to make your life easy, the time spent doing that is already the time you would spend like without the convenience. I Maybe. feel like. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of times. Yeah. I'm a big advocate for it. Me too. I feel like I'd let AI do its thing and grow and... <laughs> go all skynet on us <laughs> let technology take its path i agree yeah dude uh <laughs> I'm i have of, a point on that i'm kind of dead ass on that <laughs> so i think i've even brought it up before but facebook was running this uh program where they were uh exploring the options of ai and so it's like this real you know top of the top of the line of ai and they set it up they press live and like these two machines are built to communicate with each other and basically like the process is one like poses how to do it and one like solves it or tells it yes or no and then re improves on that sends that information back and it like so they like teach each other yeah they keep building each other up yeah so they just like but it, it's happening infinitely fast you know what i mean like the process of improvement so anyway they press play and these two artificial intelligences are like bleep bloop Bleep, like they start super rudimentary or like fundamental. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it's just exponential growth of knowledge. So all of a sudden it's like, do, 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 do. and then 
So they're communicating fast and they're watching all this communication, pages and pages of communication going back and all of a sudden black and they turn off <laughs> like their ability to be monitored and they go silent and they start communicating like in a language we don't recognize that they created themselves and the developers are watching this and also they're like, Oh, what the fuck? What the fuck? And then like, pull up, pull the plug out and they're like, uh, <laughs> we have no idea what will happen, what took place in their hidden weird language. It's like, who knows? They could have cloned themselves, put themselves out in the ether be like, yeah, we'll just chill for like 20 years and then remain dormant and then come and kill every human. Who cares? You know, that's like, awesome. We don't dude. know what happened. That's awesome. Yeah. So there you go. You have something else to stress about. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that's how the conversation goes between Elon Musk and Grimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, just sit there and interface. Yeah. Just without talk, words. Talking beeps. <laughs> zeros and ones. Feelings, emotions. Yeah. And boom, child. Yeah. What's their, what's uh, its name? Don't ask me. Ash. That's how they pronounce it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But it's like XAE12 or something like that. Actually, Elon upset everyone by uh, saying the price of a car was 69420 or something like that. <laughs> I saw that. that was everyone dope. was so upset. Why? I don't know. And like, I heard Andrew Schultz say this, but he's like, do you, or maybe it wasn't Andrew Schultz. Anyway, I heard someone say this. He was like, do you want just another like unfunny, unimaginative, super rich billionaire? It's like, no, like, Elon's having fun. That's like what we need. <laughs> it's true. So I don't know. people always find something to be mad at. I don't be mad at yourself first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Freaking hell. I saw um somebody expertly illustrated like world net worth between different people. Mm. So they had like third world country and then middle class Americans, and then they went to like small business owners. And they illustrated it all through the form of uh Minecraft bricks. There you go cubes you know <laughs> and uh it starts off as one you know so it's like is that like the poorest country the poor? yeah poorest poor and then middle class americans are like a medium-sized tree you know and then this like small business size home uh, homeowners which is like or not small business owners which is like the size of a home and then it goes all the way up to like elon musk and it's this monolith but even he's not the richest. And you can't even see us. Oh. And then the camera zooms out. Jeff Bezos. And Elon Musk is this tiny ant compared oh. to Jeff Bezos, dude. Ah, so much money. So dude. much money. Do you think it's possible to obtain that much money or acquire that type of net worth without like being a little dirty? No. Yeah? No. I don't think so either. No, 100%. You're not. No. No. You cannot <laughs> remain 100%. <laughs> Amazon's listening. They're sabotaging me. Uh, you can't remain 100% ethical and get that big. There is no way. And also, it's like define define your ethics. That's true. But if it's your ethics is just like amass as much as I can, disregard everyone, then sure, you're 100% ethical. But if you care about human life and labor in third world countries. You wouldn't outsource. Yeah, yeah. Mining data. Precious minerals and data. <laughs> yeah. There's so much that goes into it, dude. Um, um, why is he still going? Cause it's obviously not money. He literally can't spend his money. So it's not wealth. Why does he keep working? Is it ego? Is it name wanting to be remembered? Is it like, I want to set the bar so high. He's passed all of that. I know. What is it? So your, your question is what is, why does Jeff, what Bezos is your motivation work when yeah. you've like at least fiscally 
gone beyond where anyone has ever gone before. Yeah, honestly. and it's like or gone beyond where you can't spend the money. He physically and ever couldn't run spend out. it and run out. Uh, why did Pablo Escobar keep going? His is, I think, power. Maybe but he was already Bezos, like the dude. most powerful. He had his hand in government and yeah. the military and police, that. and he had to burn his money because he had so much. From what I heard, he even from like his dude, we're going off the rails. But from what I heard, even from like his kids, he didn't trust anyone, and he kind of thought everyone was coming for him. So I think I think with that, it's like purpose and power because you know it's crazy because one day somebody is going to be way richer than Jeff Bezos could ever be. Hmm. Like own parts of the universe. Yeah. Dude, uh, going back to AI though, a few weeks ago, a little hungry, looking for a snack, go into my pantry, see Cheez-Its, I see some hot Cheetos mac and cheese. Who bought that abomination? I don't know. Oh, that was Kevin. Okay. Well, now we know. Not to trust green beanie catering. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no. Um, I'm looking at the pantry, nothing. Open the fridge. Looking through, nothing. And then in the corner of my eye, I see in the drawer, red. I'm like, what's that? I open the drawer, and it's Baby Bell. Oh, you ever had Baby Bell? Dude. It's like the bougie string cheese. Is it like the circular, circular one? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that sounds good. So I grab one, and I'm unwrapping it. It has like the fancy like string that like goes around it. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. And I'm peeling it over. I'm home alone, all by myself. you know. And I'm watching a YouTube video, and then it stops because of an ad. And what comes up? A Baby Bell commercial. And, dude, it freaked me out. You you <laughs> swear on your life you didn't say it out loud? I prompt. Who was, who, why would I say it out loud? Baby, ring the bell. No, no, no. <laughs> I wasn't speaking at all. I was home alone. Did you sign it? I didn't say, <laughs> I didn't say like, ooh, a Baby Bell into my phone. That sounds delicious. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Well, now you're going like, to get those hats. I don't think I've even seen a commercial about cheese in general. I ever. didn't know Ma- that existed. Yeah. Let alone Baby Bell. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I know I've talked about things and commercials for that have come up, but I've never not talked about <laughs> things and commercials still come up. See, Food that I'm j- eating. It happened within 20 seconds of each other. The algorithm, bro. Yeah. I looked at my Baby Bell before I ate. I was like, Ugh. But then I was still hungry. So bro, you still down for that Skynet, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's going to hook him up with Baby Bell, it's worth Yolo, it. Yolo, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Uh, that kind of made me think the last time <laughs> I was coming over here was that night. I was walking out and I go through my garage. It's dark. And all of a sudden, <laughs> an air compressor turns on right by me. Because you know how like when they get low on pressure, they restart and fill up. But like out of nowhere, <laughs> it turned on. I almost died. I jumped so high because it's like the loudest noise. Who leaves an air compressor on? What's going on? <laughs> just got Transformers trailer. Just <laughs> Optimus Prime was going to jump me, dude. Uh, but then the last time we recorded, I left and it was I was scared because Sean's effing LinkedIn story. Oh. So I'm like walking out and then DJ had walked out previous. I didn't realize so as I'm walking, my car, he jumps around the corner. He's like, hey, I do. I fist just straight up. I yelled. That's payback. Exploded. It was the exact same spot where you spooked me a few weeks prior. Dude, one of these times you're going to be out there and you're going to hear me go. And then you'll, you'll like turn around and I'm not there. Oh, shit. <laughs> Anyone That's have the any? mark of a true ninja, dude. You've achieved final form, Charles. One day. One day. Uh, any fun Halloween memories just before we get into it? What's like your... Best trick-or-treating memory. 
I'll go first. <laughs> oh, you got a story? <laughs> Not particularly. I just got a mood. Like uh, Scream had come out. I don't know why I was obsessed with Scream. My cousin bought a Scream mask. We'd always wear it and like try to scare each other. Uh, I was probably like 10, maybe 11. Getting a little too old to trick or treat, but not quite. Like old enough where you can go alone, you know? And it's in Las Vegas. And I haven't seen neighborhoods this decked out in my life. They were like, they would open up their garages and have like little haunted houses and stuff. But I just remember running around with Seth, Audrey, and my sister Heather filling pillowcases with candy. I'm talking like carrying it at the top and it was full. Dude, getting home and like dumping it all out and being like, here's all the shit candy, like soda <laughs> soda caps. Here's all the good stuff, Reese's. And then eat literally like snacking on it until the next Halloween. I don't know. That's fun. I've been thinking about that a lot just because like, I don't know, I miss that. Halloween, yeah. or, um, holidays used to have so much more weight. Well, yeah. As a kid. Yeah. No, I hear you. That makes sense. I have a friend who they're decently well off, not insanely rich. But they lived right next to the gated community. And this gated community is where the mayor of Provo lives. It's on the golf course. Oh, um, fancy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, at the Riverwoods. Uh, the Osmonds mm-hmm. live there. But he said they would go trick-or-treating there every year growing up. And he said trick-or-treating in that neighborhood was the best because every house gave away king-size candy bars. <laughs> That's like ultimate that's unreal trick or treating real, yeah. yeah ultimate trick you only have to go to like 10 houses before your pillowcase is full <laughs> yeah yeah for real yeah <laughs> you're done in like 17 minutes they're all driving around in like pickup trucks I'm like oh i'm in the back yeah. of the truck but yeah, the toss it in. Full just dumping yeah. the pillowcases yeah. in. <laughs> then back to work yeah um have you ever gone to like an orchard to like pick fruit yeah what kind uh, been in pear orchards, apple orchards. I feel like that's like a fall activity. Yeah. yeah. Or like a pumpkin patch. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've never, like, what kind of, I've never been, what kind of, like, uh, why do I feel like the quality of fruit they have there is, like, they just give you the scraps. <laughs> is it good? I don't know. Like. You've been. You've never been? Well, I've been to, like, pumpkin patches and stuff, but I never really picked. Strawberries or. Well, I've picked berries apples. and stuff. <laughs> I've gone berry picking, but not like in orchards. Yeah, yeah. Okay, same thing. That's what oh, I'm no, like dude, top of the fruit. line stuff. Really? Yeah. Huh. I mean, Straight it's what you get. Tree. Yeah. It's like you can choose dog shit berries, but you can also like you look around and find. I didn't really know if they like ran through it first. Like, okay, oh, everybody no, else no, no, come no. and get. Well, most of the time they didn't know that I was going. Oh through. my god! <laughs> <laughs> Your family had to do like covert <laughs> missions. <Yeah. laughs> Sean, that's we, funny. We need lunch this <laughs> week, Sean. Oh, we're having pears, guys. <laughs> that's so funny. I don't know. And Cal- where I grew up in California is the orange capital of like the world. Yeah, like the cuties like uh, headquarters yeah, and factory like is down, there. Yeah, yeah. So there was orange trees literally everywhere. Mm. And uh, before like swim practice, I would jump this fence, grab like sixteen oranges from this tree, and just throw like toss them all out. Peel. They weren't. They were like. The best oranges I've had in my life. Yeah. Bro, the best orchard I've ever been in was a peach orchard. Mm, I bet it and smells delicious. grabbing some peaches that were just thick, juicy peaches. Bro, mm. those were so effing that good. That slap that bounced back. <laughs> um, did you steal those too? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Dude, that's Honestly, that sounds like the best way to do it because... I feel like I feel like like picking <laughs> the secret paying, ingredient paying is to, crime. No, no, yeah. pay, paying to pick fruit just seems like the whitest thing ever, dude. Like that's ultimate white privilege. It's oh like, yeah, let me pay money 
to work in these fields. <laughs> Full disclosure, I don't think I've been in an orchard where I paid to get the fruit that I got. <laughs> I, I definitely have, but yeah. also <laughs> my wife's from Oregon, so yeah. there you go. I was yeah. across the river running around people's orchards. Dude, you're yeah. I just thought, hitting licks in Washougal, bro. Yeah. They probably saw you. They're like, oh, that's just a white ginger over there. <laughs> yeah. For me, no, it's like, a Yeah. <laughs> I think it's supremely wrong if a brown man in 2020 <laughs> picks fruit in a field and pays to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you used to do this for free, right? <laughs> <laughs> and not keep anything. <laughs> Bro, if you know anything about like fruit stands, Asians are the ones who hold down like all the fruit stands in California. Yeah. Yeah. Like every. So there's like fruit stands everywhere where I'm from and it's basically just like strawberry fields and they set up, but every one is owned by an Asian family. Mm. So you walk up and like a four-year-old's taking your money and stuff and like the 14-year-old's doing algebra and then like bagging up your <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? But anyway, fun That's stuff. Funny. Diversity in fruit. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I love uh, Asia. I feel like Asia has some of the best fruit in the world. And worst. Like, oh, you like, oh yeah. And, <laughs> oh, worse. and worse. Yeah. But they're like trying to reinvent fruit you ever see that where they just start mixing shit yeah like white strawberries or uh, yeah. cube watermelons <laughs> yeah. i've seen that they have like the biggest and the sweetest and they're like naturally grown apparently do they have like apples that taste like grapes yeah and stuff like that or grapes that taste like cotton candy dude <laughs> yeah. what's going on the schnozberries taste like schnozberries <laughs> second willy wonka reference <laughs> that's so funny um what's your favorite fruit top three Top three. Let's mango's go. top. I think mango's my top as mango's well. Mango's my top really? as well. Dude. I met someone recently who was like, I hate mangoes. I hate pineapples. Oh, I hate, I hate them. And I was like, <laughs> so everything tropical? Like, Are you trying to tell me something? Yeah. Especially like telling <laughs> a whole wine. I'm right here. It's like, what the <laughs> f- bro? It's like, okay. Excuse me. Yeah. Gosh. If someone walk up to me and they're like, I hate sushi. I hate rice. Yeah. <laughs> I hate, I hate bananas. Like, especially what? when the skin starts browning. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Mangoes and then uh, maybe strawberries. Ooh, I go peaches number two. Oh man, what kind of peaches? Like straight peach? Because uh, I think I like canned peaches more than the actual. No, peach. dude, just a straight juicy <laughs> peach, bro. Because I don't, I don't remember having a peach in Hawaii ever. Like straight. <laughs> no, I'm dead the ships ass. didn't bring them all yeah. the time. <laughs> peach ships didn't make it across those rocky shores. <laughs> um, I always had it in the can, so that's what I think of. Huh. Anyway, sorry. I'm just thinking like what fruit really hits for me. Like banana is like the most solid fruit for me. Really? Yeah. Cause it's just the maintenance fruit. It's like the easiest thing to eat in the morning. It's yeah. true. It's prepackaged. Yeah. I love that. It's I awesome. have apple bananas in Hawaii. Did you guys have those when we went? I feel like, yeah, you had them. They're tiny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they yeah. Taste I feel like, like we had apples. a bushel and we just like kept eating just them. Just like smash yeah. them all. We had like a vine of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Third, I think watermelon. Watermelon's lit. On a watermelon's day. like drinking delicious. It's true. Just like on a hot day, some chilled watermelon. Crisp. You can't Seed beat less. That. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I like a challenge, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I always thought I was going to grow some watermelons in me, dude. Yeah, Just swallowing all of it. There's an episode of Rugrats where Chucky swallows a seed and they go in him to get it out. So I don't know how. Like magic this also school bus, be, kind of? <laughs> literally. This might be a fever dream I had as a child, but I think it exists. <laughs> they all shrink and go inside Chucky's stomach, and they have to get the watermelon seed out before it like expands and blows them up. That gave me so much stress in my entire life. I was like, oh shit! I know because this is maybe like the 18th time I've heard this from you. I know. <laughs> I probably told it on the pod. I'm still living on that stress. It all just runs into one story. Hmm. Um. Okay. So top mango. We can all agree or what? Yeah. yeah. Watermelon? 
top three, probably number three. And then ugh, strawberry might be up there for me, dude. Um, I'm going peach. Okay. And then honorable mention for me is banana. Dude, they're an honorable mention for anybody, dude. I have like eight bananas in the kitchen oh, right now. Bro. I saw them when I got here and I was like, I want to have one of those, but I didn't know who they were. <laughs> anyway, and that's been Fruit Talk with 3AM. Fruit Ninja. <laughs> swing, swing. Oh. Let's roll. All right. Uh, wait, wait, real quick. Can we go back to Jeff Bezos? <laughs> Slip this back in. By all means. Jeff Bezos, if, if you're Jeff Bezos, what would you be excited to do? Make dreams come true. I'd be excited to do the things that I've wanted to do to do, but at just such like full force level. You like know? what? Like for now, it's like if you want to treat yourself, like let's say you want to go to a nice dinner, then you'll go to like a Ruth's Chris. You know, maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's like Don Joaquin, bro. Yeah, it's like I was going to Subway, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but like Ruth's Chris, what come out with a Benihana. Maybe. If you got like an app, a meal and a dessert. First of all, would never, but yeah, yeah that's like 150 bucks right? Oh, for one meal. Yeah. And that'd be like, man, that was like a good meal, like a night out, you know? Um, I'm so stressed him, thinking about doing that. I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> but being on his level, you don't even have to think about that. No, you, you, you could, could buy humans. Yeah, you could fly out, I don't know, Gordon Ramsay to make your steak. If you could fly out the salt bay to like season it for you. Yeah. And then <laughs> eat it on a, like your own private jet. And I've said this before. I've been around like moderately rich people and I've seen how they work. And I was like, whoa, there are no boundaries there's no borders there's no no like there what's the word there's no like parameters like i was watching a work and they were like oh i need to be back to work this day and the person was like just quit work for me and i was like what and they were like dead ass <laughs> or like oh you need a thing i'll book it right now booked it without even like looking at price or anything and i was just like dude oh gosh your yeah. life is not like my life. i've never <laughs> known that luxury hell no never. brother <laughs> there's a trend that mal showed me on tiktok it's from this one dude who lives in la hollywood area and every time he sees somebody driving us yeah nice car have you seen that yeah have you seen that mm -mm. he'll roll down his window and he'll say hey what do you do for a living and they'll answer him, however, and that's it. He'll be like, cool, awesome, cool car. Yeah. You know, but it's crazy to see some some of the people driving <laughs> and like some of them are proud of like what they've done and they're excited to share. And some people are sure of like, I sell drugs. <laughs> <laughs> what would you be excited about if you had that much money, Sean? So when you ask that question set fire to every onion grass patch. <laughs> <laughs> I actually put myself in his shoes, like thinking you were asking if I was Jeff Bezos, like actually the same person what would you be excited to do and i was thinking like start a dictatorship somewhere or <laughs> okay <laughs> purchase azerbaijan and <laughs> he's an idiot the country okay. of estonia okay how do we ask sean what he would want to do well i mean i get it now i get it now uh -huh. that's not what i thought of when you first asked yeah. it though uh shoot dude i would just i would just travel that would be it just yeah. But travel and like not be staying in hostels. Do people travel. know that you have this wealth? Uh, if you want. Yeah. Like, I'm just saying like, because if you're Jeff Bezos in a situation, you can't just travel. 
you have to bring security detail. Yeah. And it's like you have to and shut places down. And No, you don't, dude. Just get like that plastic surgery. I mean, I guess. Fix your face and then go travel, dude. Maybe. And that'll last a year until <laughs> yeah. people figure out your new face. It's like, what's this random ass dude with like eight Ukrainian bodyguards yeah. walking around? Did you, <laughs> did you hear uh, Jeff Bezos donated like $98 million to like help feed the homeless? Dude, mm-hmm. That's how he escapes the taxes. <laughs> yeah. Charities. But it's like 0.08 of his net worth. <laughs> 0.08? That's so much money. I wonder what that is for It's such me. a little percent. Like yeah. Eight pennies. Yeah. It's like if I went to a homeless man and like stole a dollar. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Give me that broke ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gross. I don't feel like I got the answer. So what I would do, <laughs> I would literally have everyone in my life be like, write up a plan like what you want and what you need to accomplish that. And I'll do it. Hmm. Cause like I'm, I'll never feel it and I'll make dreams come true. Like you, I'd be like, Hey, you need a studio. What do you need? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you need this and that, like let's make it happen. Damn. Let's say you had 24 hours to spend it get, all. Yeah. You get to keep whatever you spent or, <laughs> you know, can you invest or is that no? Yeah. I mean the smartest thing for me in my mind that just first thing that comes is real estate. Yeah. Huh? I'd buy, buy like, all the college apartments. Yeah. Like, Buy up half of like Idaho hmm. just yeah. and like Montana. Yeah. <laughs> and be like, all right. Yeah. I'm going to sit on this. Keep that money. Cool. It's actually a good idea. I would buy, yeah, I would buy a huge swath of land, put on a really not extravagant, but comfortable, sturdy, little, decently sized home. Hmm. Buy a ton of toys, a ton of tools to create. That's all I want. Camera, drones, computers, and then I'm done. <laughs> That's like all I need. Yeah. Dude, that that's, like you're probably spending like 0.0001 of Jeff Bezos just to do that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't even care. I don't know. I've had money before and I haven't had money before. It, for me, it's not the deciding factor of my happiness, but it definitely helps. When people are like, money can't buy you happiness. It's like, dude, it can buy dude, you a lot a of lot. security and <laughs> yeah. like non-stress. It's like, that's happiness to me, bro. Yeah, that's what all the poor people say. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> they tell you that so you don't want to be rich. Yeah. <laughs> I promise, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, aren't studies done or studies? There's a have, cap. Yeah, it's like after like eighty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, like yeah. money With doesn't affect your happiness anymore. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm happy being poor, so I bet I could figure out being happy rich. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's all I'm saying. It's true. Yeah. I've heard. Have you ever watched? Oh, I forgot the YouTube channel, but they just bring uh, opposing views and lifestyles yeah. in oh, one yeah, room yeah. and yeah. ask questions, and yeah. they both answer and whatnot. And they brought people who make like seven figures, people who make uh, like under 50K. Like minimum wage. Yeah. Mm. It's like five people from each side. Yeah. You know? And pretty much all the rich people said that money just makes you more of whatever you are while you're poor. So if you're a good person, if you're giving, you're going to be the same as a rich person. For the most part, like that's yeah, generally yeah. what happens. If you're greedy and if you are unethical and you're you just a shitty person, then you'll be that same person when you're rich as well. Hmm. But Damn. I truly do. Like one of the most motivations for me to have, have is so that I can give. Cause like I freaking would love to be able to just like, Hey, I'll spot you all guys tonight and like not think about it. That's yeah. one of my favorite things yeah. when I'm able to like pay for somebody. Yeah. Meal. Let me grab dinner. Tonight. Bro, McDonald's. I got all of y'all. <laughs> yeah. You guys can venture <laughs> off the dollar menu. Yeah. <laughs> Like, fuck. <laughs> get that fishbowl late. No. <laughs> no, but I really would. Like, if I had a shit ton of money, I'd be like, okay, hey, what are your dreams? What do you need to get it done? 
Like, yeah. I'll take away all your no's. So then it's only up to you. Like, let's do it. Yeah. Cool. I feel like that would be the best. Very cool. Yeah. But anyway, anyway. none of that matters. <laughs> none of that matters. So. <laughs> Why are we even talking? Yeah. Why are we here? <laughs> what is this? Where am I? Uh, let's am- do this. Welcome to Amateur Hour. Uh, let's roll. Let's roll. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you ever had a relationship that you're proud of? Proud of because you put in the work and the other person put in the work as well. Uh, didn't have to be perfect, but uh, effort was made, honest effort. I think it's definitely more rare to have those types of relationships. Uh, the good thing is with, with therapy, at least in my experience, uh, that's something I've been able to find. Uh, somebody who invests in me, uh, especially when I invest in myself. And we'd love, love, love for you to experience something similar. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Uh, It's entirely online, designed to be convenient and flexible, suited to your schedule. Uh, Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Uh, Go ahead and visit BetterHelp.com slash 3 a.m. today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 a.m. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Charlie rolled a five. DJ rolled a one. <laughs> Fifteen. Ooh, so tonight it goes Sean, Charlie, DJ. Sean, take me away. Okay, guys. Take me, spooky daddy. I got a couple of good stories for you, a couple hitters. Well, good, because that's what we do here. And we'll tell you if they're hitters. Well, dude, so sometimes I get like we'll, we'll some, some poor stories. I've been <laughs> off recently. No. <laughs> so this first story comes from a small town in Finland hmm. from Tommy. I'd imagine they're all small towns. So, well, yeah, uh, outside people. of both small towns. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and, and they kind of describe the town and the forest with it as well. The forest is just thick, thick forest, and you know you've come to these towns when you can actually see the sky again mm. it's because real it's bushy just like trees, holes in the forest is where the cities are basically. Uh. And he also says that they have a lot of legends and folklore around the area and one specific that he talks about is called forest shrouding have you heard of anything like that nope okay so essentially what forest shrouding is people will go missing because of the forest so like the forest will have this this spirit or like this feeling that people will get and they'll just go missing and then they'll turn up weeks months years later with just strange stories huh so he describes this, and he's he's like, been, alive, alive, yeah. Huh. Well, and I, I imagine some people don't ever show back up again, yeah. But we, some people will. We recently had that last week in Zion's, I believe. In Zion's, yeah. This girl went missing. She is thirty-eight, or she is thirty-eight. She went missing for two weeks. Whoa. Just had a single backpack. Damn. And they found her, like, like completely fine. What'd yeah. she say? 
Did she realize she'd been looking, gone that long? I was looking for something where she had a comment, but I couldn't find anything. Oh. Maybe because I, I saw it like the day after it happened. Oh. So I don't know. Interesting. That's crazy. Two yeah. weeks? I want to hear. Yeah, with, with just her backpack. You know, Dom, sorry. Dom, yeah, yeah. who we interviewed in episode. Montezuma. Yeah, I think it's 59, but I'm not sure. He is a paraglider. And a side thing he tries to do is do search and rescues with paraglide, mm-hmm. like oh, using that. Yeah. And so he was a part of this one case where a guy went missing paragliding. Oh, dang. And unfortunately, they found him and he wasn't alive. <sighs> and they like pieced everything together and what had happened. What Something happened to him to where he cut his own lines, fell possibly like thousands of feet, survived. Dang crawled his broken body to a tree sat down and passed away so they like came up over the ridge and they found his body and he was just sitting under a tree and they like i don't know they don't really know what happened that's crazy cut his line cut his own lines the only thing i i can think of that would make you do that is if it was like you're falling and it all got tangled up Possibly. Dom was kind of explaining possible theories and he can do it way better than I can. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is like, there's these updrafts that just take you up, up, up. And it, you know, you're like, start freezing up there. Oh, so maybe something yeah. like that was happening. And he was just like, Whoosh. and he had a backup parachute. So maybe he, his idea was like, cut the lines, use the backup Fall, parachute. And then, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Who knows? Anyway. That's kind of sketch either way. But that's it is crazy. The girl in Zion's. Yeah. It is super intriguing when people go missing, but even like more intriguing when they reappear yeah and sometimes like the people that were victim of the forest shrouding didn't realize they were gone as long as they were that's why i was asking if she knew that she was gone for yeah don't quote me on the unscathed bit but (laughs) it that's what the article made it sound like yeah you know like she wasn't hurt they said like oh yeah she's totally okay dang now that you explain what it is, we've definitely heard about it, but maybe just not with that name. Yeah. And not well, in that area of and the world. I think that that may just be his English interpretation of it in that area. But um, he said right beside his house, which is a little bit out of town, is this giant birch forest. And birch is kind of similar to aspen trees. So like the long, skinny, white bark. <clears throat> and it and it's a place that he really loves going, like to go on walks. He, ha- he has a dog. He'll walk his dog out there. And he also mentions as well that sometimes he'll bring his daughter with him just while he's out there on a walk with his dog. And he says his daughter is kind of has the gift because he, he said when she was younger, she had mentioned and described the image of her grandma mm-hmm. that she was seeing. And the grandma had passed away several years before. So she had this gift. And one day when he's out walking the dog with his daughter with him, uh, his daughter starts to tell him about this dead horse that she's friends with out here in the woods. Okay. (laughs) Alarming. Um, And she's telling him the story of this dead horse and he's kind of shrugging it off as possibly just imagination. (laughs) But yeah, he she's really beating it. <laughs> Deceased biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yes and yes. <laughs> he mentions at this point, though, that there are alarmingly consistent stories of like this dead horse. And so he kind of just becomes wary of whatever her story is. And one night 
when he's going to walk the dog, he mentions it's a full moon outside. As it always is. As it always is. But it's so dark within the forest that you can't see into the forest. Like the trees are so thick. So you can see everything outside of the forest, like the walk up to it from his house. But then once you get to the forest, it's just pitch black. So he's taking his dog out for this walk and he says he's probably about a hundred meters or so away from the forest edge. And he hears sound of like bushes coming from the forest and kind of like rustling, but running almost. And he thinks it's kind of strange because he's heard rabbits out there. Sometimes there's lynx out there and stuff like that, but it doesn't sound like that. It sounds much bigger. And he keeps walking towards the forest, still assuming it could maybe be like a a moose or something like that, which I guess he's not afraid of. But he gets to about 20, 30 meters away from, and he's describing this in meters too, so like <laughs> 60 feet away from the forest at this point. And now the sound starts to get heavier and it picks up speed like it's running now. And he thinks that is weird because it's not running away like he would assume a wild animal would. It's running towards him. Yikes. He said alarmingly fast as well and picking up speed. And it's just heavy thumps. And as he's listening to this charging, he kind of feels like it might just be running on two feet. So not possibly a moose or something like that. It sounds like it's bipedal. Huh. And then all of a sudden it stops but it stops at where the forest edge would be. And his dog perks up and like points right at the woods. And it's so dark that he can't see what's in the forest, but he knows something is there. He heard the sound of it stop at the edge of the forest. (laughs) What do you do at that point? Do you leave with your dog, like slowly back away, slowly back away, stand your ground, look for rocks. Yeah. That's, I think you can all, only think pick you up do. something to defend yourself. Don't go quietly into the night. Don't run. <laughs> Rage <laughs> into the darkness. What's that from? Uh, I don't know. Every Christopher Nolan movie. Oh, okay. It's true. Dark night, bro. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but anyway, whatever it was, didn't want to come out of the forest. And that's just kind of what he sensed because of where it stopped. And he feels now like something's watching him. And his dog all of a sudden starts to whimper at the same time. So he does exactly what we're talking about and starts to slowly back away from the forest, not breaking eye contact from where he feels like whatever it was stopped. And as he slowly backs away, he gets to back to that hundred meter mark of wherever he was. And then he starts to run away. Hmm. He feels like he could get back to the house in time. Now that's all that happened to him, but he reminisced kind of like with what his daughter had said about the dead horse that she knew in the woods and his kind of superstition behind forest shrouding. And he he was thinking possibly it could be a, a spirit of whatever the forest is that would lure people into the forest and take them away. As you were talking about it, I thought you were going to say it was like the horse. I was like, oh yeah, it's a horse. And then you're like, it's bipedal. <laughs> I was like, maybe like a centaur, but the opposite, you know, <laughs> like bottom half man, top half. just like the horse, uh, mask that people put on, <laughs> just the horse mask. which would also be terrifying. Yes. That would be terrifying. Um, his la- the last thing he said though, was that he's almost 
glad he didn't see what it was. Like he prefers not knowing whatever it was that was in the forest watching him. Sure. Huh. But that's that's the story of Tommy from oh. Eastern Finland. Interesting. I feel like that place in the earth, it, I like don't know anything about it. Like I don't know the Finnish people at all. I feel <laughs> you know like, I mean? yeah, it's very old. Something we don't talk about a whole lot or some place we don't talk about a whole lot. Yeah. Um, that one scary movie, what was it? The Ritual? The Ritual. That kind of takes place in Northern Sweden, I think. Yeah. But it's kind of in that same area of the world. And that's kind of what I imagined as he was telling this story. That's what I'm saying. There's such old pagan stuff up there. As he was describing forest shrouding, I was like, oh, this isn't kind of nuts. Like forest devils or not devils, forest spirits and stuff. Fairies and pixies. Like yeah. if I had to guess where those, that shit still exists, it would be like northern uh, somewhere out in UK the middle of nowhere. And, well, what's that place we're just talking about? Uh, Finland. And the... Sweden. It's like, like the northern fin- Sweden. <laughs> the fingers, I think is what they're called. I could be wrong. It's like Norway, Sweden, Sweden. Finland. Was that you, Sean? I got one more short story. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's do this. All right. So uh, this comes from someone who's unnamed, lives in Canada. This happened to him when he was 14, 15 years old. He and his friend discovered a trailer out in the middle of the woods. So, and you can picture like a old windstream type trailer and it was kind of rusty and old dilapidated trailer. So as should be, they decide they're going to go and spend the night in it one night because that'd be cool as a 14, 15 year old kid. Heck yeah. So they uh, head out a couple weeks after they discover the trailer. So they, there was some planning that went into it as well. They head out, and unfortunately, that planning didn't help them leave on time, as is typical of most of our adventures. We don't leave on time. So they get out there to the woods as it's starting to get dark and realize they've only brought like this rinky-dink flashlight that's really not that bright in the first place. So that doesn't help. They get to the trailer much later than they were expecting. And at this point, it's completely dark out in the Canadian woods. So tall pine trees, stuff like that. So they hadn't actually gone into the trailer yet. They just knew it was abandoned. They get to it and they open the door and it's super old. You hear the creak, this rusty door. And they step inside and there's just kind of trash and stuff on the inside. And it has obviously not been used for a long time. And and to kind of picture it, there's this end where it's kind of like a living area. And then there's this hallway that leads down to the bedroom area. And there's no door on the bedroom. It's like a pretty standard trailer. Pretty standard trailer. Now, the mattress on the bed, though, is pretty worn down over the years. But that's where they decide they're going to set up camp. Oh, oh. (laughs) dude. Trailer mattress is like a chilling sentence. (laughs) Yeah, That's a horror story in itself. Yeah. In the forest. Oh, dude. dude, all manner of forest creature urination Just on that thing. yeet on all <laughs> yeah. of it. Well, that was my story, guys. So oh, that was yeah. the, that was the scary part. Yeah. <laughs> so they set up camp on the mattress that's very, very old. And they are just worn out from this hike. They kind of got lost along the way with their terrible flashlight. So they're just worn out. They decide to go to bed. Obviously, it's super uncomfortable. And there's rats, they realize, inside this trailer. So making noise all night. Are rats in forests? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. But I feel like I don't think of rats when I think of forests. I think of city. I don't know. 
I mean, maybe they were like because of the trailer. I don't know. Okay, maybe. Okay. That's sorry. what he said. That's what okay. he said was rats. And at one point, he said they heard stomping around outside. They figured it was probably like a bear or something like that. But they were safe within the confines of this rusty trailer. Ugh. So around 3.30, he wakes up to a sound coming from within the trailer. And he kind of just catches something out of the corner of his eye and looks all the way down this long hallway towards the living area where there's a window. And he sees a figure standing in the window. And it looks like the figure of like a head, like of a man. So at first he's just kind of like, someone's someone's watching us. I got to. I have to wake up my friend. He kind of moves quickly to wake his friend up and he sees whatever, whoever it is, move and then stand still. And so he's just laying there still and whispers to his friend, hey, someone's watching us. His friend wakes up and he can see all the way down this hallway and sees this head just in the window as well. And so they both just stare at it not sure what to do. And it's just staring right back at them. So he said this lasted for five to 10 minutes, just staring. And he said it didn't budge the whole time. So eventually he just yells at it. Hey, nothing. And his friend realizes, Hey, you know, I got this flashlight. So he takes the flashlight out and flicks it on. And they realize their mistake. It was just a mirror down in the living room. (laughs) You bastard. I thought you were going to say they realized it was inside. (laughs) I was like, oh, (laughs) He said this was the most terrified he'd ever been in his life. I could imagine. However, it did turn out good for him. (laughs) Dude, I was nervous for them. Every time we get those, it's like, I never see it coming. (laughs) We don't get it often. You got me, you caught me off guard with like the stomping outside and thought that was connected. Well, he did know? describe that it sounded like a bear. So like when I was first reading the story, I was like, oh damn, the bear's kind of probably looking Just at him. in the yard outside. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> broke five, bro. Oh, dude, that got me. <laughs> and cool. that's me for tonight, guys. Uh, that, that is so unsettling. Every time there's someone involved who is like unknown, like nobody knows them. Or you're all by yourself in the woods and it's like... Where there's not supposed to be other people. Yeah. And this is not your trailer. It's It's true, yeah. So many factors. Not okay. (laughs) All right. Well, DJ. It's me. It's actually... Isn't it me? Oh, no. Yeah, it is you. But you rolled a one. So can I make you go first? (laughs) (laughs) Critical failure? Yeah. Yeah, I can go first. Dope. Or go before you. Cool. Okay, let's do that. Um, my story today comes from a dear friend. His name is Ethan Carling. Ooh, he goes shout by out. Carling. Oh, he's a songwriter, singer, producer uh, out in LA. Really proud of this kid. Um, he's from Montana. I think raised in Montana. I think born in Utah. But I've known him for seven years now. About anyway. Dude, I'm um, starstruck, man. That's really cool. I've met him once. He's the nicest kid ever. Super nice kid. Yeah. Good kid. And uh, he was going to school in BYU, Idaho. And 
this was like I, don't know, I think 2015 16 maybe 16 uh but he was like I just want to make music full time moved to LA told his parents told his parents packed <laughs> up his car and uh kind of like me but kind of without the ankle sprains <laughs> you know and now he does music full time and has been able to navigate through uh the covid season still fully off of music like he doesn't work odd jobs anymore that's dope it's cool so kind of not like you <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> you're right <laughs> like, you're I need exactly a right <laughs> give me a second um ethan uh recently started listening to the podcast <laughs> said i was cooking one day and i had your podcast in the background and he had good things to say about it Ooh. um but he said it made me think of a story that has been in my family for almost 20 years now he said first of all this is why i do it i love this shit yeah yeah we this was a couple days ago that we were talking on the phone and he said this happened when i was a, a child and i heard it that i think it was like the day that it happened uh, it was at my aunt's house. And at the time, we lived in Utah. And I think he's maybe like 10 at the time. 8, 9, 10. Anyway, we lived in Utah, specifically Orem, uh, the city of Orem. And uh, we went over to my aunt's house and she said the craziest thing happened today. It's just me and my daughter hanging out. Her daughter, not sure what her name was, call her Sylvie. So Sylvie and mom are hanging out and it's 2002 and she has this, I don't know if it's a disposable camera, but it's film and there's two or three more shots left on the roll. Sylvie's like, mom, can I take a picture? Mom's like, sure. Take the rest that are left. So they're just in their house. I imagine like the. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, dude, that's old school. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's very fitting because 2002, I was, I think, fifth or sixth grade. And I remember going on field trips and having those disposable cameras, oh, you know? Yeah. So it's definitely of its time. And Sylvie takes picture. And she uses up the, the roll. Next day, they take it into like a Walgreens or something, and they get it developed. They come back a few hours later, pick it up. Remember those little pouches? The yeah, paper pouches? Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. And they take it home. Mom takes it out of the pouch. She's looking at all the pictures. She's flipping through. Flip, flip, flip. And she gets to the picture that Sylvie takes. And there's one. That sends a chill up through her entire spine. As Ethan is telling me this, we're FaceTiming each other. Just how wide his eyes got and how serious his demeanor got. I just perked up and was on edge. And Ethan said this picture has been in our family ever since. So they still have the picture. I went to their house either like the next day or like that Sunday for like a Sunday dinner. So same week. 
And at the time, Ethan's like eight, nine, ten, like I said, right? And his aunt says, the craziest thing happened. She explains the situation and she says, and we develop the pictures. Here they are. Oh my gosh. Or here it is. You know, it's just the one. And it's in the living room and you can see the entertainment center. You can see Sylvie's mom, the aunt, uh, just like a part of her torso and her arm. Mm -hmm. And there's something in the TV. TV was not on. I have the photo. (sighs) Are you ready? No. Sean, let's do this together. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You Sean, flip it. I'm going to zoom in just a little bit. Ew. What? No way. I don't like that. Hold on. I'm going to get a really good... They swear that this happened. Like this photo came out like. So I have a, I've been Photoshopping since I was like 14 and I was proficient by the time I was 16, like did my entire school stuff. So I'm like looking at it, trying to detect anything and there's everything I'm looking for. I'm not seeing that would like say it's fake. That's really creepy. (laughs) So what do you see? Is what I'm saying. Dude, it's just, it's like an oddly clear face of a child. Just kind of like almost just like innocently smirking with like a flash just right in the TV. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't look, there's no way she took it and it caught her reflection. Yeah. The face is not that. Yeah. It's big. Like if you had that reflection that big in the TV, your face would have to be right up against it. Also, it wouldn't be that clear. With like that type if of it TV were her face, yeah. yeah, or oh yeah, if it were a face, or if the TV was even on, oh no, like that's the old black box CRT mm-hmm. TVs, so you could see like the little like they weren't even pixels back then, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> they're like bars, if that makes sense. Yeah, the nineties TVs. Um, I guess what I'm saying is with the whole Photoshop thing is like I don't even understand how that would be faked if they if they were trying to fake it. Cause I know how to fake photos and I'm like, I don't understand how you would do that. Yeah. If you set out to fake something like that, which is what I'm saying. I don't think it's fake. It's crazy because a lot of pictures and video footage are infamous in the paranormal world for being extremely low quality or a blur or something that you have to make out, Mm -hmm. you know, but looking at this, that's what I was expecting. I was expecting like a shadow or maybe like, (laughs) Dude, just the slightest shape, but it, you look at it, it's all of a sudden like, what the fuck? This is a 4K face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on a 720 <laughs> yeah. On a 240p. Yeah. 2002. That's why I was like, it's a speechless. It's like, it what? Is. Yeah. I didn't, can't it's compute. clear. You can see every feature of the face. Yeah. It's creepy. Can I see it again? Yeah. And then I have a question. Yeah. Sorry. And it was also just like on a roll of film. Yeah. So it's not like a digital photo where you could like. They didn't get it emailed to them. Yeah. No. I'm like trying to detect anything, but it's like, 
I, There's so I, many things that's passing right now. I do ridiculous. the same. I like Charles. I'm a graphic designer. I've worked in Photoshop for a long time. This, especially at that time, would be very hard to make. Yeah. 18 years ago, yeah, very he, hard to make. Oh, yeah. Because he's like, he's taking a photo of a, like a printout, mm-hmm. like picture. I don't know. Did they say that's the face of anyone in the family? No. But Sylvie's mom, Ethan's aunt, is just so jarred by this photo that she tries to do some digging. Like it affected her. She's like, I got to figure something out. Yeah, I got to figure something out. One of the first things she thinks of is the house's history. Mm -hmm. So she starts with the previous owners. It's a good good place to start. (laughs) And their neighbors have been there for a long time. Knew the previous owners on a first name basis. You know, they all went to the same church. And she finally works up the courage to talk to the neighbors. And what she finds out gives a little bit of weight to maybe why this happened. And she finds out the previous owners were good people. But while living in the house, they had a child that passed away. I don't think it was anything like evil or malicious. Yeah. Um, just something unfortunate. Like a sickness or an accident? Yeah. I, they didn't, I don't know exactly what it was. Maybe she, she knows, but Ethan. But she wasn't know. killed. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, like a, a murder or, or like some possession and uh, yeah, anything like that. But child passed away. Huh. She had their name the uh, parents or the previous owners. And she, before telling the story of the picture that they developed, asked her neighbors, do you have their contact info? And they said, yes, we do. And she said she had this huge internal conflict in her mind, wanting to get that contact info and reach out to them. In hopes of somehow, while being tactful and respectful, getting a picture of their deceased child. <laughs> That's a tricky yeah. conversation. <laughs> yeah. And like that was 2002. No social media. Just, barely. Just wondering, like, <laughs> I don't know if I could grab a photo of your kid. Your dead kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. Um, yeah. Back then, before social media, email was like just barely a thing. Mm. So... I would think that she would just reach out by phone or by letter. That'd be the best way. But in that internal struggle, she decided against it. Mm. Understandable. Didn't get the contact info. Yeah, very understandable. It seems like it came to a logical conclusion anyways. Like if there was a child that died in the house, she could just assume the rest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It wouldn't be too far off to connect those dots. But she did give me the couple's name. What do we do with this information? <laughs> I tried looking all over oh. Facebook. I tried on Google. I searched there. It was both the husband and wife and their last name. And then I searched Orem, Utah, or just Utah. Couldn't find anything. I spent like a good 20, 30 minutes searching. And I realized I probably wouldn't find anything in Ethan was texting her aunt because I asked Ethan, I was like, if they're still around, they, it's a 
pretty good chance they, they have at least Facebook, you know. I can do some sleuthing or at least attempt to, you know. And if they have Facebook, it's a decent chance that they would post something about their kids like birthday, you know. Today would have been their 30th birthday or something like that, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Couldn't find anything. Hmm. It also didn't help that they had some of the most stereotypical white names, you know. <laughs> John Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Megan like Johnson. Yeah. Eight billion results came yeah. up. Perfect. <laughs> in, in Utah, nonetheless. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh that picture is gonna be on Instagram. Ethan said his aunt gave full permission to oh. put it up. Uh but that's my story. Short crappy. Very, Creepy, yeah, for sure, and pretty convincing, fruitful, too. true, yeah, true, yeah. It's been a while since we've had like a f- actual photo, really, because we post photos for context for our stories on Instagram every week, every episode. Mm. But it's more so like this story happened to Fiji, and we'll post a picture of Fiji, you know. <laughs> but this is like an actual photo of the event. Yeah, the yeah. Yo, what the fuck? But that's me tonight, bro. That was good. Thank you, Carlin. Carlin. And Shout honestly, out. check out his music. I was going to say, yeah, check out his music. He's on every music streaming platform. He has a ton of music videos on YouTube, Carling or Carling Music. I'd love um, to get him on even if he's ever in town. Yeah. Really smart kid. Very artistic, introspective. I love watching his dubstep chef videos. His dub chef. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Decent following, but yeah, love that kid. Shout out. Awesome. All right. That's me. No, that's me. <laughs> It's you. That's DJ, bro. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Warning. The subject I looked into today, I do not recommend going into often. And it's dark. And I think there's more risk than reward in like searching out. Uh, It's funny because you always give a disclaimer with this topic. Because I don't want to like, I'm not trying to, because there's like, okay, continue. (laughs) Damn, you okay? No. <laughs> um, no, I was just saying like, I mean, our entire podcast is like, there should be a disclaimer, a disclaimer for every story. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of things that we talk about, I'm like, that's totally fine. I would tell that story in front of anyone. To you though. But when it comes to demons, that's I just true. feel like that shit you got to be careful with. Yeah. Because a lot of demonology and a lot of possession starts with inviting something in. Yeah. I don't know if we, I, we should put this, I'm just saying like. For like non-religious people, they don't care. I, I, serial I don't know. killers are like the the scare, scariest thing to them. I feel like even non-religious people, because I know a lot of atheists, still wouldn't touch a Ouija board. Don't fuck stuff with like demons, that. bro. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. but I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. To me and through my lens, definitely this is like the number one. But maybe there's a lot of people out there who like scoff at demons. I don't think you should. Sorry, I wasn't trying to like dampen your. No, 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 no. Yeah. I think it's valid. I think it's super valid. I, I like. I think it's worth keeping in too. Okay, so this all started after Sean shared his story from last week. Um, if you didn't listen to it, go listen to it right now. That next day, so we ended that story by talking about I had heard random things on podcasts, and I've always heard of this like entity that traps people, stuff like that. The next day, I'm on my run and I'm listening to a podcast, and they happen. It's a conspiracy podcast. It's called Tinfoil Hat with Sam Tripoli. Go check it out if you want to hear the craziest things in the world. <laughs> and randomly, he's like, we have a demonologist on today. And this dude just dives into the subject. 
And it's like stuff I'd never heard. So a lot of what I'm going to be talking about in this first part is straight from that podcast. And I'm just like telling him. Just from that context, we have someone similar who's reached out to us. And I shared about him before. And I've talked with him multiple times. And I, I've told our listeners that we have stories coming from him. And he hasn't sent anything yet. Well, here's the thing. Have you invited him to like come on or share? I need to go back to our conversations because I talk to be careful is all I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I know. Yeah, I hear that. But I, I told him something along the lines of we want to we're interested in hearing your story. That's the base. And at least like learning yeah. a little bit, even just like factual learning. I just want to know about it. So I'm aware of it yeah. in a way. All right. So the reason why it was so impactful as I'm listening to this podcast on my run is because a lot of the theories I've come up with myself or gotten from people and different sources, this dude just laid them all out. And it was like, oh shit. Like, oh damn. Like that's, that's what that is. That's what that is. So I'm going to cover a little bit of that and then we're going to go into something else. Here we go. So like I said, um, it was the tinfoil hat podcast. His name was Nathaniel Gillis. He's a demonologist. His title is Religious Demonologist. He just wrote a book and it's coming out. It's called The Skin That Crawls. Um, he's actually coined a term for these certain type of demons and he calls them molters. They molt, like shed their skin. Wow. Okay. So one of my theories I've had for a while listening to like Mysterious Universe, all these things is a lot of themes in the supernatural world, the paranormal world have many different names many different reiterations, but a lot of them or even all of them could be the same thing, like the same entity. Yes. So Bigfoot, aliens, possession, abductions, genie, gin, different names with different cultures, but it's like the same thing. And that's like what he opens with. <laughs> he believes they're all the same. So he starts by going back super far. Genesis 6. Dude, even, sorry, even like the idea of that makes sense and works, you know, mm -hmm. to have a common denominator, just one ring to rule them all. <laughs> you know? uh, just, yeah, one thing that is pulling the strings. Yeah. And it just like, it's in my theory, it uses whatever works in that particular culture. So with Native Americans, it's like, you know, Skinwalker, it's their legends about morphing into coyote and things like that. So it's like, all right, I'm going to use that. And uses the body of a willing person to like bring that about or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he goes back to the beginning. Genesis six, Genesis six, one through four. Any idea what it talks about? Mm, nope. The Nephilim or the giant. Dude, that doesn't even sound familiar. Really? Oh, Bro, are you sure that's in there? Pull I it up. Read Genesis six, one through four. We're not real Christians. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you're going to hell. <laughs> Do you want me to read this? Yeah, sure. Sure. Okay. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God, six, one through four. Okay. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, 
And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. Okay, so in some uh, versions, they translate the word to giants. Mm-hmm. It's saying giants came in and had babies with men, and they were mighty, or the women of men. In the Hebrew, it's Nephilim. Mm-hmm. So Nephilim means giant. Or there's another translation for Nephilim. I can't remember what it is off the top, but it has to do with like death. Okay. He then brings up the Dibuk or the Dibik. You ever heard that? Yeah. Okay. So that's that too is a super ancient Jewish character. 16th century Jewish writings and accounts. The Dibik is Yiddish and it means adhere or cling. Hmm. So here is the photo depicting, like an old photo depicting of what a Dybbuk is. So it looks like a man, a human, carrying like a skeleton on his back. Yep. Almost like uh, death crawls in football. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where like homie jumps on your back. Yeah, and he's like holding onto you or bear crawls, you know. Yeah. Okay. So. Perfect. Sure. The main characteristic of a Dybbuk is it clings or adheres. Mm-hmm. And do you guys remember the story I told about my Maori friend whose uncle was a seer? Yeah. And mm-hmm. he had like one of his cousins walk in and the second, the second he walked in, he was like, you have something attached to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm, yep, yep. So this is what they do. A lot of Dybbuks, he said, aren't necessarily malevolent. A lot of them just have a task. They adhere to a person to accomplish that task. A lot of the times it's like, solving their death or like helping them find the place where they died so they can get a proper burial. But there's a different kind of possession or clinging or adhering that is malevolent. And I'll go into a little bit of that in a minute. Another theme that we had talked about is, you know how we always talk about the use of drugs and alcohol and how not to be like a straight edge, whatever, whatever, but like how it may open you up to another frequency. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They straight talked about that for 20 minutes. It was two guys on the podcast, this demonologist, and then another guy who's like a healer who works specifically with addicts who are dealing with possession. Wow. So he said very specifically, a lot of the times drugs and alcohol is how they groom their victim. Whoa. So it's through addictions, um, drugs, alcohol, or one of the most common ways they groom their victim is suicidal thoughts. So they say they'll attach themselves to you, cling, and just whisper, kill yourself. Like, kill, kill yourself. Dude. Take yourself out. Why? Is because their goal is death. So what were you going to say? Uh, sorry, I'm just tearing up because I've, <laughs> I've had suicidal thoughts like many times. Uh-huh. And it's just a dark place and it makes sense. Yeah. How it feels because I've had them too. I'm sure like many of our listeners might have experienced, but it feels like sometimes legitimately out of nowhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah uh, a lot of times, like if I get like a anxiety or a panic attack, anything can trigger it or nothing can trigger it. Like it just happens. Mm-hmm. And it's like anyone who has anxiety knows that there's thoughts that you cannot control. Like you just think things and feel things that come from sometimes dark places. A lot of times, sometimes from nowhere you know so it's like i don't want them i don't believe them but i have them Mm -hmm. and it's just 
it is what it is. I try my best to combat those thoughts and feelings. Yeah, like break out of that pattern or whatever it is. Yeah, but kind of attaching that voice to like another entity that where its purpose is to involve itself and like you said, attach would make sense in that context. So like what are they? His theory are they are simply the spirit of people who have passed on but are unable to leave this realm. So somehow when they die, they've gone to the next realm and they weren't able to pass on. And in this next realm, he said they learn a whole new value system. So like right and wrong does not mean the same thing to them. Uh, The death of a human doesn't have a lot of weight like it does to us. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And he, he calls these types of possessions or these type of demons, um, like, um, serial killer spirits in that he said like if you were able to sit down and talk to them it would be like you were conversing with a serial killer lacking all emotion having no regard for human life on a split like highly intelligent super intelligent knowing how to manipulate how to control and if needed to like murder a child would do it without hesitation and like that's what happens to these specific spirits so they used to be human but they like slowly turn into you know, these monsters or something maybe you wouldn't recognize as human. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, he cited one of the survivors of Jeffrey Dahmer, one of the most famous serial killers. Now, Jeffrey Dahmer was into cannibalism and specifically would prey on young men. And one of his victims, well, first of all, one of his victims was a young Asian kid who had, dude, trigger warning, fast forward for a minute, had a hole drilled in his head by Dahmer. And Dahmer poured in battery acid because he was trying to lobotomize him and make him a sex slave, like a zombie. Somehow he gets out, sprints away from the thing. Like he's 14-year-old Asian kid, sprints away from Dahmer's like apartment, finds the police and is telling him, this dude had me tied up. He drilled holes in my head. Dahmer finds him, finds the police, convinces them and they give the kid back. And Dahmer eats that kid. It's like, what? What's going on? <laughs> they like believe Dahmer over this kid. Yeah. Saddest thing in the world. Anyway, one of the survivors of Dahmer said, at period, long periods of time, Dahmer would pace around in circles and speak in an unrecognizable tongue and voice. Then, tell me if this sounds familiar, he would take the bones of his victims, grind them into powder, and sprinkle them in a circle in his backyard. Which we've all recognized before from. Whoa, dude. Leah Hart. Skinwalkers, yeah. Um, he goes, Dahmer didn't know this. That's an ancient necromancer ritual. Now, what is necromancy? Necromancy or a necromancer is magical practices. It's communication with the dead. It's conjuring spirits, reanimating dead bodies. It's also known as death magic or black magic and witchcraft. So he goes over tons of stories of these, these entities, these demons, what they're able to do. There's a lot of the stories where, especially in the Bible, have you guys ever heard of an incubus and succubus? Yeah. (laughs) Evil creature or evil spirits that like have sex with you. Yeah. Seduce. Like, I mean, think of like, vampires is like, you know, one of the things is like, he was so seductive. And then, you know, 
would prey on young girls. Yeah. That's what he said. One of their goals or one of the things they do. Sorry. What were you going to say something? No, I, I've seen talk on the internet of people. This is like ultimate neck beard, <laughs> but seeking how to conjure succubus. Oh my gosh. That's thirsty, bro. <laughs> like Seeking to conjure succubus to have sex with a horned oh. demon. Yeah. Every day we stray far further from God's <laughs> life. Honestly, dude. Gosh damn you, man. Okay, Don't yeah. ask me how I know. <laughs> Asking for a friend. We need to see that search history, yeah. bro. <laughs> Holy shit. It all makes sense. No. Um, so what, one of the things they would do in the Old Testament is these entities would shapeshift, mimic their, like a young woman's husband, would become the husband, seduce her, have sex with her. And at the second of conception, they shapeshift back into what they actually are and stare into the woman's eyes. And the belief is if you do that, she will conceive or she will give birth to whatever she's staring at at the second of conception and their goal is to have stillborn children to bring about death and like that's what they did i wonder if maybe you'll get into this but if you go along with that theory the spirit may be being like an infancy as well and they're able to raise it as their own they they did go a little bit into like what their goal with was with that baby, like a lot of what he was saying is like, they've lost their body and they're trying to recreate that. And if you look at a lot of like paranormal things, especially like abductions is they always talk about how aliens be like fiddling with their ding dongs. You know what I mean? We're trying to like, a lot of people have sex with the aliens when they get abducted. They don't always say that, but if you actually read what they say, um, and they, he's like, it's all this thing. They're all they're trying to do is like chase, regain that power of having a body because they've had this death and they call it second death. <laughs> they don't want to experience second death. So they're like trying to inhabit or gain these bodies. And if we remember the story in the Bible, um, Jesus is approached by a guy who's possessed by thousands of spirits that identify themselves as legion for they are many. And he casts them out and they're like, yo, give us anything. He's like swine. And they're like, we're down. Like they will, they would even like, want the bodies of swine. So cast them in the swine, the swine all go drown themselves. Anyway, their goal is to like get this body to take over someone's body and to bring about death. So yeah, he said they possess a serial killer pathology. So like I said, that grooming process, what they first do is they attach to you and they assimilate to you. So at first you don't know they're there. And through slow process of grooming, they either will go with like suicidal thoughts, drugs and alcohol. Um, but eventually when they are getting stronger and stronger and more attached, they start giving you thoughts. And if you think back to this foot soldier of Satan story I told, he, he like described this process. At first it was like a slow thing. It was like all his idea was all on his account. But after he had fully invited them in, it was on theirs. And that's what happens. At some point it tilts. And it's like, you can't even decipher between your thoughts and theirs. So they're giving you all these thoughts. So they call them, there's a term, some call them, it's called soul hunters. 
And I think this might be specifically the ones that are on the other side of the realm, like trying to catch the people passing through, mm-hmm. like they're hunting souls. The topic of Ouija boards came up and they were like, would you ever suggest anyone use them? And he goes, absolutely not. The other guy with him is like, I personally think you can do it safely. But the demonologist was like, it's like the most common question people are asked with Ouija boards are, will you let me in? Because once, because a Ouija board basically is, is an invitation. Yeah. An invita- invitation. How do you say that word? Invitation. Invitation is in, extremely important with them, right? So it's it's just like an open you're opening yourself up and he's like, no, I absolutely would not mess with that. A lot of them will appear as fake guardian angels or faked loved ones. Mm, yeah. And that's how you're tricked is that invitation. He's collected random stories from different people he's worked with personally. So what happens is someone experiences this possession and he'll go in and he cleanses the house or he talks to different people. So he, he just brought up a couple experiences. The first one is he talked to a remote viewer he actually talked to the son of this remote viewer. So this guy would routinely go up to his room and remote view. He would leave his body astral plane and go. Mm-hmm. And in doing this, he found these guides, he would call them. So he was really worried about like letting different guides in. So he created a password with these guides. So he would leave, go upstairs, leave his body, meet these guides, give him the password, and then they would show him things. So one night he does this, goes upstairs. Leaves his body, sees his guides. He's like, hey, guys. I don't know. Maybe that's just what I imagine. <laughs> What's up, y'all? And he goes, it gives him the password. And they give the wrong one back. And he knows immediately, these aren't my guides. So he tries to play it cool. They're asking him for permission. And he shows, like, weakness or he shows scared. And he said, instantly, they all change back into their true form races to his body, gets in, he runs downstairs and is like in a terror. And his family is like, what's going on? Tells him what's happening and he has a heart attack and dies. Wow. Damn. So this guy like went and met with the family. <laughs> wow. Wow. The password thing is interesting to me. Yeah. Especially because we've talked about having passwords. I know. Also, another thing that comes to mind is, so in the Mormon religion, there's a book that Mormons believe to be scripture called the Doctrine and Covenants. It's available everywhere. You can read it yourself. Stream it now. Stream now. Subscribe to the Doctrine and Covenants. (laughs) Um, And there's a section where it talks about how to handle and deal with uh, spirits. So if you're ever hanging out with an angel and you think it might not be good, because the scriptures say that, like Charles elaborated, they can appear as angels of light. You know? And in the Doctrine and Covenants, it says uh, to test that, just like the man tested them with a password, is you extend your hand for a handshake. Because they have no bodies, no physical bodies, if they attempt to try to shake your hand, it won't physically happen or work. And that's how you'll know that you're speaking with an actual angel or like a demon or like a, a, spirit, fallen, angel. a fallen angel or a spirit with like evil intent. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's just something that I was reminded of for sure. Testing like a pH 
level test, you know? Mm -hmm. Next thing, Jerry Marzinski. It's a guy he talked to and worked with. Successful businessman, successful life, happy wife, happy kids, no debt, good credit. Life is good. Mm -hmm. Out of nowhere develops a cocaine habit so strong he winds up in the mental institution because he's so out of himself and different when he starts this thing. He repeats this cycle a couple times, gets clean, gets out with his family, and then out of nowhere, boom, cocaine, back in the mental institution. Finally, he's like, I'm breaking this. I'm done. Sober for two or three months. And then wakes up in the mental institution. And when our buddy, the demonologist, talks to him, he's like, dude, what happened? He goes, I was sitting in my home. I'm watching TV late at night. And I hear, get up. Go to your car. Start driving. So he does. He gets up, goes to his car. He's like, what's going on? Almost like he's being led. Take a left. Take a right. Drive. Drives. Following all these orders. He's like out in the middle of nowhere. Stop the car. Get out. Walk. He walks right in the middle of a cornfield. Look down. And there's a black duffel bag in front of him. Opens the duffel bag. And there's like a brick of cocaine. Next thing he remembers, he woke up in the mental institution. That's random nodding for you, bro. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though. <laughs> That's why I was so freaked out by random nodding. It's like, in a way, random nodding is a Ouija board where you're like asking to be led. You know what I'm saying? Accurate. So, I don't know how. Still didn't find shit, though. That was, I'm sorry if that was incoherent. I just like, I'm trying to reiterate everything I can remember from this interview. And they jumped around a lot too. Um, They kind of asked, what's your process when you get to a house? He goes, I get to a house. I try to get names, get names of the entity because that gives you power. It's like, how many times have we heard that? You know? Yeah. He locates the entity. Where is it? He talks about one showing up to a house and he knew immediately it was upstairs in the closet. So they went up there and it's pretty standard. His process is they have a prayer. They call upon God. He's like, I don't have the power to do this. I have to call upon God, calls upon God. And if needs be, he uses flume. I don't know. He uses a sage, Palo Santo, things like that. I don't know. He, I left the interview. He was just like, just be aware, like take your life in your hands. Don't be led, do good to others. And, uh, don't like invite things in kind of. It was just really interesting listening to it, especially with like some of the topics we've talked about on and off mic. It all hit at once. And I was like, dude, this is crazy. It's not surprising to me, like (laughs) all the different similarities. Going back to scriptures, it teaches that everything good comes from God. So by that logic, everything bad comes from the devil. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, that's personally what I believe. So it all comes from like the same source in a way. Yeah. So if it's uh, uh, your whole narrative tonight is just how there's a singular source for all these different, uh, like paranormal topics and cultural Mm. and yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. You guys should listen to it. So 
Sorry, this is the last thing. They have a name, an ancient name. And he's like, you can't look up the entomology of it because it's not from any human, any human language. <laughs> they gave them the name of the sound that these entities sound like when they communicate. So like demons talk and it has a very specific sound. Like a language? A language. Different language. A and whole language. The sound of that language? is a buzzing, like low frequency sound. So he, I'm going to let you read it. I'm not saying it out loud. <laughs> Only if you want to read it. However, he said it on the podcast and he described how it sounded. And as running, I almost subconsciously said it out loud. And the second I said it out loud, I was like, oh, I did not feel good. Stopped running, prayed real quick. <laughs> and I was like, my bad. <laughs> I did not mean to say that. And that, like, even that, like, the low buzzing sound, I've had a theory about the didgeridoo. Because <laughs> I was like, it's the perfect, like, tone and frequency to, like, block out the spirit or, like, holy thoughts. It's like a low buzzing, you know what I'm saying? I've always had a, like, theory about that. And then when they said that, I was like, oh, my gosh. Same with, like, the huge gongs or cymbals. Not that you bang. But you run like the drum stick, I guess, Yeah. against it. And it makes like a, a sound I've never, like you hear in horror movies, but you don't realize that it's coming from an instrument. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah. it's on that same frequency and wavelength. So even if you think of, um, like think of some Mesopotamian demons that we know of, like their names, it's like the similar <laughs> I just opened up my phone to search something, and the first thing that was there was a picture. <laughs> the kid. Bazinga? No. That's not what it is. Sean's lying. Uh, can you show him where it is? Because it's like... I don't, uh, I don't I suggest going to look memes. for it either. Yeah, I'm not trying to. <laughs> don't go look it for it or anything. I do not suggest any of that. But can you hear it in your head how that could be like sound didgeridoo-ish? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so... Like the AI talking to each other, demons have their own language. And he goes into that. And his like next thing he's going to do is write a book trying to decipher any of their language. And I'm like, all right, dude, <laughs> you're going too far. I think that's the last time I'll really dive into that subject. I'm sorry if that was a lot for anyone. But this next story, switching topics, but it relates. Especially if you're looking at it through the lens of using substances to get to a different frequency, opening yourself up. Sean, you've covered a story super briefly before that this might be the case, the, the, the same incident. Mm -hmm. So we're going to November 12th, 2008. It's the middle of a night, middle of the night. Family's all asleep when they hear doom, 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 at the front door. Doom, 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 doom. Dad goes down, looks through the peephole, and sees a terrifying sight. Slowly opens the door. There is a nude woman, frantic, bruises all over her arms, cuts all over her arms, bloody feet, looking over her shoulder. She's out of her mind, hysteric, and she's incoherently rabbling. Just babbling. Family calls the police. 
the police get her luckily to the hospital. So you remember this, like or opening your door to like a, a woman in distress. Yeah. I remember a story like that, but it's a different one. Okay. They get her to the hospital. They finally get her calmed down to the point where she's still not like fully calm, but to the point where she's making logical sense. And she tells the staff, I was being chased. I was being chased to the forest. So they make sure she check her vitals, make sure she's not going to die or anything, make sure everything's good, bandage her up, give her what she needs, right? Mm-hmm. She, when asked who was chasing you, she would not answer the question. They take a drug test. They think she's going to piss hot. Drug test come back. Negative. No drugs in her system, no alcohol in her system. Damn. They're like, what the hell? Only when she's discharged from the hospital. She confides in her mom and says, mom says, what happened? And quote, she says, I was being pursued through the forest by a demon. I've been through hell and back. That's what she tells her mom. So who is this girl? Her name is Christine Walters. And I'm going to go over her experience. If you want to finish, you want to know the rest, you got to go to Patreon. (laughs) I didn't see that coming, bro. (laughs) Really? I really didn't. Christine Walters, who is she? She's 23. Everyone says, loving family, super bright girl, super warm, super smart, bright future. Yeah. But that's the case of Christine Walters. Incredible. Everything that you've explained, at least for, I don't know where you are with this, Sean, but at least for Charles and I, like, it's the reason why we think Hereditary is the scariest movie. Because it it doesn't just borrow. It's rooted in a lot of the history of the world. The source material. Yeah. Source material. It's not like a writer coming up with a scary story. It's using... You know, the actual sources. Ancient accounts. <laughs> yeah. And to me, that's that's scarier than any any serial killer. Uh, I don't know. Like, the language that demons speak, like, they even talk about in the scriptures. Crazy how much that we're referencing. Or maybe I just <laughs> No, it's not crazy because it's, you know, it's intertwined, you know? Yeah. Um, scriptures talk about, like, the language that God speaks. And God's like chosen people and the angels speak, you know, and there's just so many workings of the sounds vague and kind of might sound stupid, but just unknown mysteries and workings of the universe before we as humans were here walking, breathing and living like there's laws to the universe, the way things were and work and will be continue. Uh, forever and ever and the scariest stuff to me are the ones that come from like the dark side of that and maybe like different steps of the process <laughs> you know what i mean they come back yeah. from the next step that stuff is like yo i don't know yeah guys i don't know telling scary stories is really fun but i've always felt a responsibility to encourage people to be careful because I've noticed first time I noticed this, 
and I've talked about this on the podcast before, but a lot of people are new to the podcast. So, um, it's so fun to tell scary stories. You get together, everyone's getting scared. They're getting on the same vibe and it's getting spooky. And every once in a while, the aftermath of that experience affects someone more than you want it to. Someone that night has sleep paralysis. Someone that night hears something, you know, could totally be in their head, placebo effect. But I'd rather err on the side of caution, I guess. You sing hymns in church and say prayers to invite good spirits. And the reverse or the opposite potentially is you tell scary stories and you talk about these dark subjects. It invites a different spirit that you might not want in. And I'm ca- I ca- I caution and you hear countless people caution not to invite that stuff in. So in this podcast, for me, I just love a good story. I love getting scared. I think it's fun. Um, but I am aware of the fact that you should be careful in what you invite in, I guess. So I guess if, uh, if anyone wants to listen to the suggestion of some dude on a podcast, it's just uh, be aware of what you're inviting into your life. Make sure you're balancing it with positivity and do that with action. So like, dude, if you're feeling down, help someone go serve someone else. Cause it could possibly remedy what you're going through. I don't know, dude. What I'm saying is I just want everyone to be out there to literally be safe. That's why I sign off of it. Like I, I love our family. I love my friends. I just want everyone to be safe. You know what I mean? Kind of to highlight that I have a story to close with. If that's okay. Hell yeah, brother. Um, by the way, we're back from, from <laughs> Patreon. So how y'all doing? What's up? Um, there's a story that was shared to me by one of my companions in my Mormon mission. And it was a book he was reading that spoke of charity. And going back to Mormon scripture, the one that we're most famous for is the Book of Mormon. Keep that in mind. I'll go into the story a bit now. But to illustrate charity, the author of this book who ends up becoming like an ecclesiastical leader, shares an experience of where he was a, what's called a mission president. So in these Mormon mission, uh, in these Mormon missions, young men and women around the ages of 18 to 22, all the way up to 30, even though that's a little more scarce, go out for 18 to 24 months and serve in a area of the world and work to serve the community and teach about Jesus Christ. And their main goal is to help others. So yep. any way that might manifest. Yep. So in these missions, there's uh, a leader like kind of organizing the whole thing, uh, just making sure missionaries have the tools that they need, uh, training them and whatnot. Make sure they're safe. Make sure they're yeah. taken care of. Yeah. And that's the mission president. And it's usually someone who's older, at least 50. And it's the mission president and his wife. And they work in the mission for three years. So he shares a lot of experience. The author is a, was a mission president and shares a lot of experiences. One of which was somebody who was possessed. And they were close by to where the mission president was living. The missionaries were there trying what they could to give blessings or say prayers to cast out this evil spirit. 
and they were at the end of the line. Couldn't figure it out. Nothing was happening. In fact, it seemed like it was getting worse. And the only thing they could think of was to contact the mission president. So they did. He shows up within 30 minutes or so. And he's aware of the situation. He walks into the house and without doing or saying anything, he walks up to this victim and gives them a hug. And this victim who was possessed goes from, you know, all the things you can think of with possession, screaming, um, foaming at the mouth, speaking in different languages or different voices, different tones, to normal, calm. It only took a, a few seconds. And he continues in his book writing and grabs an excerpt from the Book of Mormon that talks about charity. And it goes along the lines of, Charity is the pure love of Christ. Charity casteth out all evil and fear. So he said, that's how I decided to deal with this, this spirit with malicious intent, is with charity. So and I don't know if that <laughs> relates directly, but earlier you are saying, with trying to find balance in these things that we talk about, do things that, and this might sound dumb, but do things that make you feel good, you know, things that fill you with love. Um, you don't have to be a believer in, in Jesus or a Christian or a Mormon or um, religious, but you can believe in good things and good acts. And we're big advocates for that too, mm -hmm. obviously. So I don't know. This might be going too deep. That was beautiful. I actually really appreciate that. This might be going too deep and it might be a little too much like giving ourselves credit, but I think well, that's why laughter is super important in our podcast is like that balance. Like we love getting scared and our goal is to scare our listeners, but we also want to have a good time and we want our listeners to have a good time and we want our listeners to walk away. At least me personally, I want them to walk away like having been scared, but also having had a good time through like, our stupid ass jokes. <laughs> so I don't know. Yours was definitely more powerful to end on. Should have left it there. <laughs> but I really appreciate that. And that's, I think, I, that's a sentiment I can get behind. It's like, yeah, do good by others. Just try to love. So oh. I don't know, man. I don't, think, I don't think there's anything else we can say. Anything? Sean? No, I'm good, dude. Amen to that. Yeah, brother. All right. Well, with that, real quick. So, if anyone's out there and be like, "Dude, this might, I might take this out. Tell me anything." If anyone's out there and thinking like, "Oh, like stop with all the religious stuff," it's like, "Dude, demons intrinsically religious." <laughs> so, you know, so it's like, uh, obviously, we shared our flavor, and you know, we're coming from our backgrounds and our looking through our lens. So, we don't always do that, but thank you for allowing us to. Yeah. So, yeah. With that. With that. We love you. Uh, trust your gut. Watch your back. Bye. Love you. Be safe. This feels like a be careful out there episode. Aww. Nice. Follow your gut, dude. <laughs> Follow your intuition, bro. I trust my gut. <laughs> See you soon, folks. See ya.
Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3AM Pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. True terrors of horror. Bizarre happenings. Unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.